Hey, what's up, everybody? On this week's Sportlight Podcast, we spoke with college dancers from some of the top colleges in the country. For those who may be naive, high school drill team members are some of the hardest working athletes around, period. We spoke with these dancers about lessons they've learned from the many hours they put in to perfect their craft. We had them give advice to drill team members who are getting ready for their region and state drill competitions. They spoke about what dancers should do in high school to give themselves a chance to dance at the next level. And they gave advice about how dancers could use their sport light and influence to lift those on their own team and those in their community. It was a wonderful discussion that is applicable to a lot more things than dance. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Well, hello, girls. Thank you so much for being willing to join us today on the Sportlight Podcast. I've been so excited to do this podcast for a long time because in Especially for Athletes, some of our largest groups at the schools that we're in are the drill team. And the amazing drill girls who work so hard and are at so many events. And and we've really wanted to dive into drill and this very competitive sport. I don't know that there is a better state in the country for high school drill team than Utah. I think some of the finest drill teams in the whole country are in Utah. Would all of you agree with that with with what you're doing i see you kind of nodding and uh but you all go to college you get to dance with with girls from all over dancers from all over and it just seems to me that some of the best dancers in the country are right here and which is proven by the outcomes because so many of you and your colleges go on win national championships and win competitions and do all those things so it's exciting to be able to to welcome you and to delve into drill team a little bit and some of the lessons you've learned that are applicable to all sports. So I'm going to start with a question here. Let me just say this, first of all, and I want you to to wave, maybe introduce yourself a little bit. So we have Bryn and Brighton. So Bryn and Brighton, say hello. Hi. (laughs) And you're currently Cougarettes at BYU. Is that right? Yeah. And you could tell by looking at them here, if you're watching the YouTube, they're sisters. And so Bryn and, and Brighton Belka. So, and then we have Ajare. And Ajare, hey. you are at Utah Tech, right? Say hello, Ajare. Yes. <laughs> hello. And we have Julia, who's also a dancer at Utah Tech. And you guys are called the Blaze. Is that correct? Yes. Awesome. Welcome uh, to Julia and Ajare. And then we have Ella. And Ella, you're at SUU. And say hi, Ella. Hi. And Ella, you, they call you the SUU dance team. And then we have Emma, who danced at Snow College as a Badgerette. How are you, Emma? I'm good. How are you? So good. Thank you so much for joining us. So right now, this is going to air just the week before Region Drill. 
how many of you remember the feelings and everything that the motivationals and all those things that led up to the region drill competition which is just a week before state drill competition and so i want you to go back in time right now and think about those feelings you had as you're preparing for these big competitions and just i want to ask a simple question and maybe ajure i can start with with you here then we'll go to each of you but as you think about preparing for big competitions first as a dancer and then i'm going to get to the portion about being a leader okay as a dancer what advice would you give to the the young dancers as they prepare for these large competitions what helped you to get ready to perform great question um so obviously you want to train in the physical aspect but i actually worked on training my mind a lot so i remember being in class and thinking about my dances and telling myself every day in the mirror i can do this i've got my teams back we've got this ladies and just kind of motiv motivating myself not only in practice but outside of practice because i feel like you only have a minute and a half two minutes on the floor to show your routine so might as well put all the positive vibes out there before awesome awesome julia how about you mine is similar to azure rays but i think getting in a mindset is one of the most important things you can do and the way i thought about that was I wanted to be in a mindset where I understood that no matter the outcome of region, my hard work didn't go to waste. Like, for example, everyone wants to win region, but that does, if you didn't win a region, it doesn't mean that all your hard work is for nothing. I think that's a super important thing to, to realize. There can only be one region champion, right? And in the regions that you all competed in, I mean, it's competitive. It's not like you could just walk in and win it, right? And so... Awesome. Wonderful. Ella, how about you? Yeah, I think getting in the right mental mindset is super important, but also like taking care of your body physically, getting enough nutrients, making sure you're staying hydrated that whole week before getting enough sleep is super important just so that you know your body can be at its full potential as well as your mind is super important. Awesome. Yeah, sometimes... It could be tempting when we're nervous. I don't know about you. I played baseball in high school and college, and I had big games, even though, you know, not quite like region drill and that that pressure cooker there. But I remember almost sometimes like getting nervous and not even wanting to eat. Does that because I was so excited? I don't know how many of you have felt that before, but it's almost just like all the adrenaline and everything. And then you get halfway through a game and you realize I really should have eaten something like I'm feeling a little little weak right now, right? In mind and body. So awesome. Make sure you're eating, getting plenty of protein and, and carbs and water and all that. That's wonderful. How about you? Let's let's start with Bryn. Bryn, how about you? What advice would you give? Um yeah, I think just going into region, just making sure that kind of what Julia was saying, like trust yourself and trust your team and the work that you guys have put in together. And region is before state. So it's an opportunity to really kind of get all your nerves out and know that, yes, nervousness can be crippling, but it also can enhance your skills. Like adrenaline can be so helpful when you're out on the floor performing and just to remember to use that to help you and not hurt you and just trust your body and trust your teammates around you. Yeah, that'll help you. Great. Brighton, what would you add? I was just going to add 
from what she said, but I think when you're practicing and getting ready for region and state, the most important thing is knowing exactly what you're going to do on the floor. I think it's pretty scary to go into region or state and be like, "Am I? is my body going to go too much because I have so much adrenaline? So really practicing when you are in your rehearsal to make sure that you're performing and doing exactly how you want to perform on the floor so that you have no question if you're going to be able to execute the things with that extra adrenaline or or push it too far. Don't try to be like, I'm going to give it so much more when I'm at on the floor. Try to just do exactly what you do in practice. That's that's great. I still remember the first ever three-pointer I shot as a high school basketball player. I was a sophomore and I'm, I was a pretty good shooter and it went like three feet over the basket. <laughs> I just had so much adrenaline and I was open for the first time and I was like, yes. And I had I don't think I'd ever airballed a ball like that. So great, great advice. Okay. I want to switch mindset because I know all of you were leaders on your high school drill teams as well. So you had like this leadership role, right? And you had the you know, those little sophomores that were worried about hitting their aerial, you know, worried they were going to be the one that fell out of a turn and and cost the team, you know, it, all these these things that they're afraid about. In fact, maybe I'll I'll give a little a little background. So I will do drill motivationals a lot. So I get invited to go and do drill motivationals. And one of the things I've done is a survey of of the girls that are there. And I'll ask, what is your number one fear going into region or state? And oftentimes, what they, the biggest thing that they are afraid of is letting down their teammates. Like, they, it's not looking stupid in front of people, or it's not losing region. It's, they will say, I am so afraid that I'm going to be the one to let down my my friends and crash their dreams. You know what I'm saying? Now, leaders have a role in eliminating that fear. What advice would you give to leaders, having been drill leaders, to try to help your team be as ready as possible and not so worried about all that stuff? So... For me, the first thing that came to mind is we're people and dancers and to increase team unity, it's important to remember how you are to your teammates outside of practice as well. I think just like we're all, we have this sisterhood and it's important to look out for each other in all aspects of life. And that creates trust and unity in each other. And so just checking in on your friends and just making sure that, you know, if they're doing good in school or if they need help with with anything just to be a friend in and outside of rehearsals so they feel like they can confide in you too and um create this good relationship to be able to progress and grow together because regardless of what year you are on the team what leadership position we all are working for the same goal and so when we have the mindset of looking out for each other in practice as dancers but outside as humans that incre increases unity and overall team success so yes thank you Bryn. that's it's almost like uh stephen r covey calls it making deposits you have to make intentional deposits 
so that when there is a withdrawal, you know, and a withdrawal in this case might be, oh, they do slip in a dance, they do fall out of a turn, but you've made so many deposits that they believe you when you put your arm around them, say, it's okay, it's mm -hmm. okay, you know, awesome, awesome. Ella, what, what do you have to say? I just think that if, even if they are struggling, it's so important to let everyone on your team know that your love for them isn't conditional. And it doesn't depend on how well they do in the dance because they are your teammates and your sisters. So that unconditional love that you give them outside of the team and in practice is so important, especially when they do, like someone is inevitably going to make a mistake sometime at a competition, whether it be big or small. And just knowing that they don't have to be afraid that you won't love them as much because of their mistakes is so important. Yeah. So as a leader, making sure your teammates know that your care for them, your love for them is not conditional upon their performance. That that's yeah. That's so important. That would eliminate a ton of fear going into these big performances. Ajre, Julia, do either of you have thoughts on this? Both of you, I think we're we're drill presidents at, at yours, right? And so go ahead, Ajre. Yeah. Yeah, I had a thought. I just think where you're given the opportunity to be a leader, you're that example for the team. And so kind of like these ladies have just said perfectly, but cheering for your teammates during practice and kind of being the first one to check in on your girls and being the first one to take the step to thank your coaches because when you're a leader, everybody's looking up to you and you're only going to make it to region and to state because it takes a village. You're going to have so many parents who love you, so many supporters. And so just being the first one to not only cheer your girls on, but then thank those around you. I think that's a really good leadership skill that, that those leaders out there um, can acquire. That's awesome. Awesome. Julia, what are your thoughts? I think one of the best things you can do as a leader is to put yourself in your teammates positions. Because, for example, it can be frustrating when a teammate doesn't hit an aerial or a trick or something, but just imagine how frustrating it is for them when they're trying their best. It is so hard on your other teammates, like not hitting an aerial, like that stress. I know we've all had a trick or part of a dance that we're so stressed for, and that can weigh on you. So I think the best way to go about those things is if someone's not hitting their aerial, be like, hey, you got this. You can do this. Be positive with them and offer them help outside of practice, too. And I think that goes along with the example and wanting to show love to your teammates. It's just staying positive, not getting upset at your other teammates and really understanding where they're coming from because everyone is trying their best. Everyone wants to do their best at region. Yeah. In fact, I have a saying that I love to say about leadership in all aspects, not just, not just dance, of course. Um, but I believe you can only criticize someone as much as you're willing to invest in them. You know, like a, a leader who says to a young sophomore, like, come on, you got to hit your aerial. Don't even say that if you're not the one after practice that's helping them learn how. Like, let's do it together. If you're not willing to invest in someone, you should never criticize them as long as their effort level is high, right? If their effort level's high and they're trying their best, then either invest in them or accept them, right? That's what leaders do. And so, ah, great, great advice. I want to move maybe to just what some who aren't drill people might not know about drill girls. Is that okay? <laughs> like, so I was 
super naive to how hard drill teams worked until my daughter Emma made the high school drill team. And then I was like, whoa, this is a level of commitment that I had no idea about. And I know all of you, this will be similar, but when you're doing high school drill, Audrey, let's start with you on this one. Tell us what time, I know it varies, but for those elite drill teams that are like competing for state and things like that, tell me the typical time a drill girl will wake up on almost every day for for school. Not, Not just like during the season, but for the school year, what's the average time a drill girl wakes up? I would say it depends on how far away you live from the school. For me, I live pretty close, so it's typically 5 a.m. I had to set a couple of alarms <laughs> because I wouldn't wake up on my first alarm. <laughs> so yeah. I set at least like five alarms every five minutes to wake me up. But I had to make sure I was out of the door ready by 5.30 at least. Awesome. Let's see. Ella, when did you wake up? Um, It depended on what time our practices were. On the early days, I would wake up around 4.45, and then on the later days, I would wake up around 5, 5.10, but Julia. So me and Ella did drill together, and I would say I woke up around the same times because on early days, we had to be at the school at 5.20, so we'd be up around 5.45 and some girls 5.30 or 4.30, yeah. 4.45. Yeah. yeah. This pretty ring and true yeah. to you too. Five AM pretty consistently throughout the school year and the summer because yeah. you practice. Oh yeah. I forgot the summer. I forgot. Most drill girls only have like that moratorium week to go on vacation with their family, right? And so and not only that, but typical hours just with uh with your hands, just show me here. How many hours a day do drill girls typically practice? What would you say? Four or five is what I've seen. <laughs> yeah. So I just, and then not only that, but drill girls will be at every football game and perform. They'll be at every home basketball game and perform, right? That they have the rehearsals, they have installing the dances, right? So when you learn each competition dance and you have to be there and there's all of those things. And so for me personally, I I want to say to all the drill girls out there, but to all of you as well, we talk a lot about what we learn from sports on this podcast. And the reason why I went through that little exercise, like it takes a lot of discipline to do what drill girls throughout the state do. As you've moved forward in life, and now you're in college and you're college dancers, but you went for for years doing that every single day. And I've seen in my own home, you're sick, typically you still go to drill. (laughs) It has to be something major, right? How has that helped you as you've moved forward in life to create that discipline throughout high school? I, I would love to know. Brighton, do you mind if we start with you on that one? Yes. I think drill and dance in general teaches so many life important skills, but I think the first thing for me was being on time and not just being on time, but being early is on time because you never know if you're going to wake up a little bit later or if it takes longer to wipe off the snow from your car. But I think being on time is 
says a lot about you and especially in college even just college classes not even just practice it says a lot about you if you're going to be on time and early so that is definitely something that i've learned and then also giving your hundred percent in everything um even if it's a class that you don't love like with school or your job but always like when you show up you're fully showing up. You're not just going to give half effort, but you're going to give your full effort and just to try your best in everything you do and create a great community. Drill has an amazing community. So even if it's not with your college dance team, even if it's like with your class, like if you want to create that community, you learn that um, sisterhood and how to be kind to each other and supportive. So you can kind of bring that into other aspects of your life. That's awesome. Like to think about all those skills you're learning as you're trying to unify a team, but now you're going into a class, eventually a family, all these, all these things. And you, and you use those to those skills you've learned every day for four hours, you know, and, and others that you do. Bryn, what would you add to that? Um, I'd probably add, I think dance and drill definitely teach you how to be good with your time, time management and learn how to prioritize what you need to do for yourself and for the team, but what you're doing outside of practice, um, as well as kind of what Brighton was saying, like the grit motivation that you have going into not only just dance, but to all aspects of your life, you know, giving hundred percent and knowing that growth happens sometimes when you're most uncomfortable. And also when as a dancer, you constantly have goals and things that you're working towards. So, you have this progress progressive mindset in not just dance, but again, ev in everything in your life. Yeah. Just keep working towards things. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Julia, what would you say? Um, something that drill and dance has taught me, especially after high school was how to show up for things, even when you don't want to. Because there were so many days on drill where you were either tired, you were either sick, or you just didn't want to be there because practices were so intense. And so having to show up for those really taught me later in life how to show up for my classes, show up for work, even if I have a 6 a.m. shift that even if I don't feel like going, I'm still going to go. Yeah. And I think a great part of being great in life or a big part of being great in life is doing things that you don't want to do. <laughs> There's so many people in life that just, they decide I'm going to do what I want to do and that's all I'm going to do. And I've met a lot of great people in my life and most of them have learned to do things when, when they don't want to and to keep going when others would quit. And I've, I've seen in dancers that, that grit that was already mentioned, just, you can't, quit you can't just walk off and uh or not show up to a practice it affects everybody when you do and so awesome awesome ella how about you yeah i think showing up for the things you don't want to show up to and like really working hard are so important and also drill really taught me how to stay positive when i did go to those things i didn't want to go to and how to use my mind to make it better and how to say this is going to be hard but it's going to be worth it and this might happen but maybe it won't or that was kind of mean of that girl to say but it's okay it's out of love and just staying positive and making everything 
a good thing or at least trying to was something that has really helped me even in college, whether it be this class is really hard, but it's going to make me so much better at my job in my future. Or I really don't want a job right now, but it's going to be able to give me money so I can do more with my future later and just things like that. Just staying positive. Yeah. I'm hearing like, we haven't said the word yet, but dance seems to have taught you to sacrifice, right? Like, all of you, like if you're going to be on a high school drill team, you have to learn to sacrifice. And, you know, it's like, if you're going to be a great mom, you have to learn to sacrifice. If you're going to be a great employee, you have to learn to do that. If you're, you know, uh, there's all these things that that will help with, but it seems to build that. It sounds like awesome. Okay. Ajure, bring us home on this okay. question. <laughs> drill taught me how to be a really good team player. I feel like before drill, I was a dancing at a studio, loved it, but I didn't necessarily learn how to be an all in team player until I got to drill and it got hard and I still had to show up and give 110%. Um, I think that that kind of led into like the workforce and my classmates and everything else that I've been doing so far, um, especially on my mission. It taught me how to be a team player because you, if there were some days where you just, you're having a rough time, but you have to do it for the person next to you. The person next to you is working just as hard as you are and you can't give up because then it's going to take the whole team down. So taught me how to be a team player. That's awesome. So one more question when it comes to like this being your best self type of, I know that there will be some who listen to this podcast that want to be in your shoes someday, that want to be at BYU dancing. They want to be at Utah Tech dancing. They want to be at Southern Utah dancing. Now that you've kind of crossed that threshold, speak to speak to the person who wants to be where you are right now. What advice would you give them if they do want to dance at the next level that maybe you know now that you didn't even realize, oh, wow, I'm sure glad I did that because that's what enabled me to to be where I am today. What advice would you give them if they want to be a college dancer? I think if you're able to go to as many workshops possible. Um, I loved going to the, the little tryout workshops and kind of just prepping myself for tryouts. And my, one of my favorite sayings is fake it till you make it. So if you want to become a college dancer, start, start studying how college dancers work, you know, what, what they wear, what they like to do, all, all of the ins and outs of college dance. That's kind of, I just like ate, breathed, slept college dance a couple months before trying out because I just wanted it so bad. So I think studying up on it, but also just taking opportunities as they come and then faking it until you make it because you will make it. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> As you have already mentioned, Utah is so known for their dancers, and there's so many incredible dancers around the world. And so I think now's the time to really figure out how to make yourself stand out. And you notice that everyone's taking these extra classes or spending time outside of drill or rehearsals to better their skills. Say there's a certain trick that the college team that you want to be on has, and you're not working on that in drill. You go out and figure out how to work on those tricks, but also putting in that extra work. I think everyone that I knew that was trying out for Cougs at my same year, we were all going to all these same classes. We all were doing studio and um, drill and everything. So 
I had to try to find ways to kind of elevate myself and do more because everyone's so talented and everyone's so amazing. So if you really want that spot is even if it's just at your home and you're just going to do a little at home workout or I need to get my turns better, like be a better turner and just finding times to, even if you just want to go into the high school gym and work on your turns, but being able to be self-motivated and spend extra time on top of because everyone is doing the same thing. Everyone's doing drill and taking these classes. So how are you going to be different? How are you going to be able to stand out? So taking that time, finding what's unique about you as a dancer and really elevating that, but then also figuring out to get these specific tricks or specific things that the college teams that you want to be on are going to ask of you, even if it's not going to be at the tryout, knowing what you want to do and just preparing and... That's awesome. So when you went to BYU games as a kid, you would watch the basketball game or the football game, but you would sit there and say, okay, what tricks are they doing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you saw one that they were doing that you weren't doing, you would go outside of drill and try to learn that, learn that Mm -hmm. trick or whatever. That's really an insightful comment that's really cool and so we have a lot of college coaches on our podcast we've had college football baseball you know like all of them i think all of them and they have all said in essence that if you want to play at this level you have to do more everybody does what's done in practice now that's hard because we just talked about how drill girls are practicing for three or four hours a day But I do think there's a reality to say, okay, if this is my goal, then this is the price. (laughs) And so sometimes we have a goal, but we don't count the cost of that goal. And like if a drill girl only goes to practice and doesn't do anything outside of practice, the chances of them arriving where you all are is low. I mean, they have to be insanely talented, but that's true of basketball and football and soccer and every other college sport as well. Those who make it do more than than typical. So that's awesome. That's great. And I know that could feel kind of suffocating to people like who feel like, man, I'm giving everything I can right now to my high school drill team. I don't know if I have more to give, but I also think we don't want people to be naive to what it actually takes and then be disappointed when they can't achieve their goals. So I would rather people feel like, wow, that's a little overwhelming. Let me see if I can make this work. than someone go, oh, I didn't realize that's what all those girls were doing. But also with that whole time thing, if you don't have time, you can always stay five to 10 minutes after practice and just work on your turns or work on your leaps or right before you go to bed, like say you need to get your leaps better, you can stretch and you don't necessarily have to find a full hour or two hours in your day to go do another extra crazy class or something, but just putting in that little teeny extra effort where you have time, like before practice, get a little, there a little bit early and get a really good stretch in. So then when you're doing everything during practice, you're, you feel nice and warm and you're like improving your skills instead of just going through the motions and then just staying five minutes after and just working on, things for your team or just things that you want to do at tryouts. So, yeah. Go ahead, Ella. I think another thing along with what you need to practice outside of practice is what you can work on while you're at practice with your team already. Cause there are some things that 
college teams really look for, like performance and work ethic that you can help that you can help yourself improve as you're already practicing with your high school drill team. So whether it be running your routine again, and you're going to say, I'm going to make sure I don't drop my smile one time this entire routine, or whether it be, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to give weird looks and I'm going to be super respectful this entire practice. Those are some things that college teams look for that not a lot of girls can possess. And that's really hard for lots of girls. So that's one thing that you could work on in practice and also something that can set you apart from other girls. That's awesome, Ella. In fact, we say the word intentional on here on this podcast a lot. People who are successful in life, it's not that they do a ton more, but they're more intentional about what they do, right? So we have the phrase, win the hour, which is every hour of every day, you try to get the most out of that. You ask yourself, okay, I'm going into this next portion of my day, whether it's a class or practice or whatever it might be. And you ask yourself the question, what would it look like for me to win this next portion, like to win practice today? And think about someone who all the four hours of drill, does that like a day as we've already talked about and three years of high school, someone who is being intentional about those four hours is going to be at such a higher level than someone who's just making it through it those four hours a day right and it and then someone like like brighton said someone who stays 10 minutes after practice well that doesn't sound like a ton until they stay 10 minutes after practice for 250 days of the year now we're talking about they are months ahead of another person right who who wants that same position and so it's being intentional about your time even with little things today i'm working on my smile right that that's four five six hours of practice if even if you do it for one week you're going to be hours and hours months ahead of people if you're intentional about what you're already doing that's that's great advice wonderful emma what are your thoughts on it yeah so my thoughts on I went to a smaller college and so when I tried out skill sets and certain tricks weren't required, they just really wanted someone that they could tell was going to be a good teammate. And something I think could really help, especially when you go into a collegiate level, is practicing being a good teammate. And that might sound a little weird, but when you're in college, you're doing a lot harder stuff than you were in high school. In my experience, I wasn't practicing as much as I did when I was on the elevates, but I was with these girls all the time and they became my family because you don't have your parents in college. So I think in high school, it's super crucial to practice being a good teammate and everyday practice. Good job, everyone. That was great. Even if you're not a leader on the team, you can still do that as a freshman or a sophomore junior or senior it doesn't matter as long as you're positive and try and keep going because in college i think it's really important to have that aspect of i'm a professional teammate but i'm also your family outside of it and that does take practice because when you're in high school like you're a teenager you know and you're gonna make mistakes and you're able to come back from those a lot easier than you can in college i think 
And so having that build up social wise is really, really important. That's, that's awesome. And Emma, you said something there that I think is, is really cool. I think on the screen here, um, you're all incredible dancers, right? But there's like an array of, uh, for example, it's, it is a lot more difficult to make the cougarettes than it is to make snow college badgerettes. Mm-hmm. However, as I've watched um, people at all levels, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, you know, whatever it is, I think the lessons you learn by being a badgerette aren't a ton different than the lessons you learn for being a cougarette, right? Like if you want, if you want to have a college dance experience, don't sell yourself short. Don't just have one row, like one avenue. I'm going to do this, right? And so Emma, if you wouldn't mind just your experience at Snow College, if there was someone on here that was like, man, I want to dance in college, what would you say to someone who is thinking about trying out for like a snow college? Yeah, I think people try for, you know, JUCO dance teams, mm-hmm. they will need to work hard. My advice would be really show off your skill sets and still work as hard as you would to make the higher level teams. Because even though it's a lower level team, you would still get the chance if you're one of the best dancers trying out. That means you would get the chance to be a kid in the next. You would get the chance to be leadership position, and it opens a lot of doors for you in other ways. What other advice? I, I forget who's gone now. Go ahead, Julia. Some advice that I would give to you guys is that you should do your research on each dance team because I've noticed that each dance team is like a lot different honestly like i look at the u and they focus on spirit they don't compete or look at look, look at byu and they compete and they also do spirit and you look at the snow college badgerettes and they focus on game day as well so it's really about what you want and i think something that would be really smart is to reach out to those girls that are already on the team that you're looking to make and talk to them ask if they can do private lessons with you ask what their team looks for because when I tried out for Utah Tech, I didn't know this, but they looked a lot at confidence. They wanted girls that were confident. They wanted girls that were kind, that were approachable. So just talking to those girls to figure out what skills you need, not just dance-wise, but like socially-wise, to make those teams and understanding the difference between the teams so you know what you want to do so that you don't make a team and then end up not liking it, you know? Yeah, that's that's great advice because there are the uh, all those different things. Like I know Utah State as well. It's it's more cheer than dance, right? So it's almost like they're looking for what is it six like six dancers, but they're part of the spirit squad, and it's and they're and so like what do you want to do? And sometimes we pick a college that we want to go to, and we don't even think. Well, what's that experience going to be like? And so understanding what the different dance teams are like, because there's a huge variety of what the dance teams are like. And so that's awesome advice, Julia. Thank you so much. Any other advice that you would have? I like what Julia said about reaching out to the girls on the dance team. And I just think it should be emphasized not to be afraid to do that. Like if you like have seen someone that you want to look up to and kind of model your dancing after, 
don't be afraid to reach out to them. At Snow College, I had girls reach out to me because I was an ambassador there and I was doing a lot of recruiting for our dance team. And I never once was like, why is this girl recruiting me? You know, so I think it's really important just to remember that girls do want to help you and it, they will help you. And I think it will help improve. So that was really good of Julia to say. Yeah. Well, and I will say that every now and then you'll reach someone, you'll talk to someone who's like, why would they reach out to me? And then if someone acts that way, you just know that person shouldn't be part of your life. <laughs> you know, it's like, who's like that, right? The, then it's just like, okay, good to know. If I make that dance team, gravitate somewhere else. But, um, so awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to move just to the last little part of our podcast today. And, and it's really critical to our mission. Um, we we talk about how athletes hold what we call the sport light. It's the extra attention that's given to you because you're an athlete in the spotlight. And uh, and it comes with power. That sport light comes with power, but that power can be used two ways. We we teach athletes that it's a two-edged sword. Everything you do that's mean hurts more because you're an athlete in the spotlight but everything you do that's kind has more of an impact and i've i've seen like i've been to games and and uh where little girls will come up and you are their dream but, you know like they look at you and it's like that's what i want to be and i've seen it at snow college i've seen it at, at suu i've seen it at byu and at utah tech and so you have that power to influence and and to help people not just little kids that want to be you but teammates people at your school people who look like they're left out people who haven't connected to someone. I would just love if you look back on your high school experience and you could talk to yourself about how you could have made even more of an impact than you made. And I know I've had the blessing of knowing a lot of you through high school. And so I know you did make a great impact, but there's always wisdom that comes later on where you could look back and go, wow, I, I probably could have even had more of an impact. What advice would you give to dancers, to athletes, football players, whoever, you know, is listening to this that would help them use their sport light to have even greater impact on those around them in their school? Go ahead, Julia. Um, something that I realized in college is that you are in that athlete spotlight, even when you're not in uniform. And I feel like that's something we don't always realize that people will recognize us outside of our uniform. And that's why it's super important to be nice in your community, kind in your classes, and knowing that you can make that impact. Just asking how someone's day was, smiling at people in the hallway, all those little things really do help people. Um, an example of this, the other day I was at Institute and this guy knows that I was on the dance team and I happened to be sitting by him and he started talking to me and at the end of our conversation, he was like, thank you so much. You've made my day so much better. Like I've been really struggling and I just noticed the impact I had made on him and that he had recognized that I was on the dance team. Or for example, after practice, I went to a shop that was in our gym and I got food and the girl was like, Hey, how was your practice? 
I didn't even know that she knew I was on the dance team. I was just in normal workout clothes. Like, and she thanked me. She's like, you guys are always so kind. I really appreciate it. So understanding that your kindness really goes a long way. And not only is it a representation of yourself, but it's a, it's a representation of your team. That's awesome. And that moment at Institute that you had with that, which for those who don't know, is like a college religion class that you go to, right? It was made more powerful because you were a dancer, right? Like that meant something to him it, or he wouldn't have said it, right? Yeah. And so that's, that's really cool, Julia. Thank you. You're always an athlete. Uh, great. Go ahead, Ella. Yeah, I think a couple other things is as a dancer, we are right in front of the audience the entire game. So people will know who you are. And it's important to not be so shy that you're afraid to reach out to others and be kind to others, whether it be walking past someone and saying, that's a really cute jacket and just giving genuine compliments or reaching out and asking new people to come and hang out with your group is so important and having the confidence to do that. But also knowing that as a team, whatever you do reflects on your other teammates, even though you are all different people. So if you are kind and outgoing and approachable and just super fun to be around, everyone will assume that your teammates are the same way. Whereas if you're rude or unapproachable and you don't really want to talk to people, people are going to assume your teammates are like that too. And it could be really frustrating for your teammates or as a teammate to have that stereotype that's given to a lot of athletes confirmed by one person and then reflected on everyone else. Thank you, Ella. That That is really an important thing to realize that when you are part of a team, whatever you do is people's impression of what those those people are like. And I love that you address shyness at the beginning because even those on this screen, I know that, I mean, dancers, uh, some of the most beautiful, talented young ladies at their schools. So sometimes some are just simply shy. But then the school doesn't view you as shy. What do they view you as? Snobby. <laughs> Stuck up, right? It is not that you are. You're not. I know everyone on this screen well enough to know that there's not snobby, stuck-up people who are talking today. But sometimes we have to force ourselves to go out of our comfort zone to be approachable, as you said, Ella, because you all can be very intimidating to people <laughs> to approach. And so then if you don't, like, if you're not the one who's outgoing, say, hey, how are you? How was your day? That you might seem very unapproachable to people when you don't want to be unapproachable. That's That's great advice. Ella, great. Any other advice? Go ahead, Ajare. One thing I would definitely say is trying your best to remember people's names. I can just speak from personal experience. I'm 21 years old and we were at a choreography day learning some choreography and the most amazing dancer, her name is Ali Ducher. 
she came in and at the end of the practice when i went up to thank her she said thank you azure i enjoyed watching you dance today and she used my name and i was like starstruck i totally cried and i told her i'm like that meant so much to me that you remembered my name and i think that when we remember people's names then we open up the door to so many opportunities of service just like julia said then we can sit by them at lunch then we can say hi to them in the halls because we know them by name so i just i i love that and i wish i would have been better at that in high school um, and i'm working on it now so that's my piece of advice is to, to work on names Go ahead, Emma, and then we'll come up to Brighton and Bryn. So something I wish I could I could go back and tell my 15 or 16 or 17 year old self is not to connect with contention within the team. And what I mean by that is sometimes it could be really intimidating, especially as your first year on drill team, to go, especially when maybe you didn't know those girls before. And it could be really scary. And I think the easiest way for a lot of people to connect with each other is through contention. And that could be anything like complaining about practice and agreeing that, oh my gosh, our coach is so annoying today. Or, oh my gosh, did you see her fall in the thing? And then like that kind of makes people become friends in a really weird way. But I wish that if I could go back, I would not be contentious anyway i wouldn't complain i would stay positive and i would only build people up on the team i think that is so important especially during competition season because there is naturally a lot of contention especially when you're waking up at 5 a.m and doing practice for three hours and everyone's kind of arguing on what count this is and you're trying to figure out choreography and the coach says this and but someone else says this so it can be really hard to stay positive but when you are the reward is so much greater and i think that could set an example for other girls on your team and it would help you guys bond better yeah contention is like a weak weak bond and sometimes like getting mad at a single teammate or your coach you're like bonding over talking about someone else and bringing someone else down it creates bonds but bonds that are insecure and you're wondering is that what they're doing when i'm you know not the one there and and so great great advice emma like bond with people through positivity and kindness and love and concern not through contention and having a mutual enemy like you have an alliance against this other group of people on the team or or whatever it might be awesome awesome Bryn? okay something i was thinking about um that i would tell myself when i was younger or even now is don't be afraid to be the first person to try something say something or do something whether that's in practice and your choreographer or coach is like hey let's try this trick like show your commitment by not being afraid to be the first one to try that or when you're in the halls or in conversation with people don't be afraid to be the first person to compliment someone or to ask how someone stays going you know that increases increases leadership and i think some of the most significant things in history happen from individual men and women that was a quote i read the other day and i thought that that was really cool like there's only one of you in the universe that will ever exist and whether you're an athlete or you're involved in something else, you have so much power for just 
who you are and the gifts and talents that you were given and just to not be afraid to be the first person to make change happen. That's really, really cool because that's what leaders do. I mean, it's in the word lead, <laughs> like, right? If you wait till someone else makes the difference or someone else reaches out to that person or someone else says, hey, I'll do it, then you really, you're a follower, not a leader. Leaders will say, I'll be the one to do that. I'll be the one to reach out. I'll be the one to try that. I'll be the one to risk looking stupid and be the one that everyone learns the lesson from, right? Like, and so that's uh, that's an awesome, awesome advice. Ella, I saw your hand up and then we'll come to you, Brighton, okay? We were talking about the strong and weak bonds we can form with our teammates. And I think one really important thing is as a drill team, especially, we focus on our team bond so much because that helps us be cleaner. It helps us have better energy and all of those things. But a lot of times people don't realize that how you make that team bond as strong as it can be is by forming individual bonds with all of your teammates. So as a leader, it's really important to reach out to all of the girls, especially the ones who might feel like they are less a part of the team as others and reach out to everyone in individual ways and know everyone so well that as a team, you want every single person to succeed and every teammate loves every teammate the yeah. same, if that makes sense. I It makes total sense. I mean, there's no drill team that I would ever visit that I would say, are you guys united? That would ever go, no, in fact, we're not. Like everyone I've ever talked to, it's like, we're like sisters. We just love each other. But sometimes you look and it's like, the actions, like when I know what's going on kind of behind the scenes, not positive, that's true. So what you're saying is instead of just talking unity and, oh, we're all together, like making effort to actually connect with and love people and show them that you love them so that you have those real bonds, not just the facade of team unity type stuff, because you made up a cheer and you all clap at the same time and, whoop, you know, like all that stuff. Right. And, and so... That's like facade unity that's fun, but real unity is individual. That I love that, Ella. That That's great. Brighton, what are your thoughts? I was going to also talk about the relationships that you make with your teammates. And I was thinking if I were to go back and what I would tell myself is that don't be afraid to invite older or young um different classmates to hang out because a lot of times you're like oh they're just hanging out with their specific class but i just know being younger having these older girls like take an interest in you so also being a leader is not only just being for them in practice but outside of practice too and showing that you want to spend time with them and so i think for me if i could go back to high school i would be less afraid to invite people that i'm like oh they already have plans they have different friend groups than the team too but just to always have that welcome even if people choose to not come but to always be inviting and then also to realize that you really do have you do really represent your school and your drill team. I didn't really realize that when I was in high school, how much you stand for, how much that you are showing for your school and who your team is. Just kind of being able to understand that a little bit better and being able to um, kind of put that in my actions more, just trying to be 
nicer and friendlier because a lot of times I do come off as, um, even though I am just shy, I just come off like I just don't want to talk to people. or So I just think being a little bit more outgoing and just trying to be kind is what I would say I would want to do. That's a wonderful comment. Go ahead, Emma. Going off what Brighton said, I have an experience when an upperclassman reached out to me. It was my sophomore year, and our president, Valerie, texted me one night. It was like, hey, uh, since we have like, since you have like two weeks off of drill team, do you want to come dye your hair? And I don't know, like she doesn't know this, but that night meant so much to me. And I remember being so excited and going to Walmart and dyeing my hair pink. I still remember that today. And every time I look at the pictures or videos, I just like kind of smile like, oh, and then that set an example to me. When I was a senior, I really did try to talk, especially because my younger sister was a sophomore and I think I was able to make relationships with them, and I really hope that I was able to make a change for some of them. I really do think there could never be too much people. And I also remember another experience was when Brynn had her birthday. Uh, I think it was senior year of high school. Brynn had a birthday lunch and invited every girl grade. There was not one girl that I think was not invited. Anyone was welcome, and I know girls that I was friends with that that meant so much to in high school because they, I know some girls that um, probably like ate lunch alone the day before, or I would go eat lunch with my grandma, you know, and which I love eating with my grandma, nothing could be better. But I just remember that day and being so impressed that everyone was invited. And I think that those things are what bond people together is when everyone is included. No one should ever be excluded from anything, especially when it's a team matter. You know, and I love what's been said because I don't think many people do it on purpose. I don't think there are a ton of people who exclude intentionally. I think a lot of times it comes from insecurity and afraid that someone might not accept your invitation. But from what I hear you all saying almost all of you said this in one way or another if you could go back to yourself at 15 you would say forget about all that crud and just invite people and just include people and show love to people like i don't think i've had a time in my life where i've tried to reach out and show love to someone that i've ended up regretting it i haven't always been treated with the same kindness so they haven't always accepted invitations but I've never been like, wow, I shouldn't have done that, you know? Then <laughs> so getting over that insecurity that every teenager has and say, you know what, just be kind, invite everybody, but include everybody. And, and we like to say here that including is awesome. Once we get to the point where we include people, we've taken a step up. But even more than that, value people. Uh, it's one thing to include people. It's another thing for people to feel more than like they were just invited, but that they were valued. And we had Abby Cox on our podcast, and she's wonderful. She's the governor's wife right now, the first lady of Utah. And she sat down and she works a lot with unified sports with those who who have adaptive needs and kind of getting them together with athletes at their school to do a unified sporting event. She sat down with a kid and and she said that this young man, he had some disabilities, but they weren't cognitive. He had physical disabilities. 
And he sat down with her and she said, tell me about your high school experience. And I'll never forget this. But she said, the young man said to her, people were friendly to me in high school. I don't remember one time someone being unkind to me. People were friendly to me, but they weren't my friends. Isn't that kind of like, you know, <laughs> it's one thing to be friendly. It's another thing to befriend. It's, a, it's one thing to include. It's another thing to make people feel valued. And just from what I've heard all of you say, if you could go back and with all the wisdom you've gained now in the many years you've been out of high school, not just kidding, but if you could go back and just tell yourself something, it would be be, be friends. Like, put yourself out there. Who cares if you're rejected? Take the chance because it might change someone's life. And and that's our message, right? That's our message, and especially for athletes, is, is be that person. Go ahead, Julia. Um, going along with what everyone's saying, I think it's really important to be aware that you're not making clicks. So I know sometimes that can naturally happen, but you don't want to make clicks on a team because that is what will separate a team. You don't want other people to feel like they can't hang out with you because you have your specific group. And it's honestly just the small things like eating lunch. I remember in high school, I felt like I couldn't eat lunch with certain cliques on my team because we were not invited. Or if we were, we were left out. Or it's also just the little things, not the things like eating lunch and inviting, but sometimes just seeing someone feeling, hey, hop in our picture super quick. Like, hey, we're going to in and out after. Like, you should come with us. It's just those small little things that make a lot. Oh. I love that, Julia. And I think some cliques naturally form without even being intentionally formed, but they do feel very excluding to people when you're on the outside of it, right? And and that those little things, Julia, I can't tell you how raising three daughters, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times it's like even one of my daughters who I feel like, I wonder if I'm invited to that. I wonder if if I went, if I would feel awkward. And it's the little things. It's the, oh, we just got done dancing at the basketball game and everyone's going to in and out. Like you said, I think sometimes leaders of teams think everyone knows they're invited. That's not always the case, right? And so that's what eyes up, do the work. That That's what it means. Does everyone know they're invited? Does everyone know that they could come with me? Making sure everyone feels that. That's what leaders do. And, and sometimes it's just little subtle interactions that make people wonder if they're invited or not. And so being intentional about that will will make sure they know that they are invited, that they you do want them to be included. That's awesome. Thank all of you so much for taking time Good luck in all of your college, just everything that you're doing in college, both your schooling, your dancing, social life. I, I, we just wish you the absolute best because everyone on this screen deserves it. And thank you so much for, for joining us today on the Sportlight Podcast and talking to these drill girls and everyone else because there's so many lessons we can learn from each of you. So thank you everybody for joining the Sportlight Podcast. As always, eyes up. 
do the work. This has been the Sport Life Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sport Light, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book.